Poetic Properties is a complex creation brought to you by Infinitely Complex Production and sponsorship with Peacefully Flawed Apparel, where we believe that no matter the darkness, you have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Thank you for tuning in to the Poetic Property Podcast. I am your host, Complex the Poet, father, author, and entrepreneur. This last couple of weeks been very draining on your boy. Like I had to take a break, uh, a break last week because something that happened, and I was like, I wanna, I wanna properly find the lesson in it and not it be a raw emotion or an egotistical response um, to the situation. So I had to take that moment for myself because it, it just was, it was crazy, um, and that was something on the personal level. With work, man, I've been telling y'all. Like, it's so difficult to work at this place because of the constant change. And again, I know corporate America is about change, but like right when I got cool with a, with a with the new supervisor, um, she now has dipped as well. And it's just like, it's a headache and a half in itself because now I have to figure out who's gonna be the new supervisor and how is that gonna work? Are they gonna come in, you know, knowing what they're doing or am, am I gonna have to go over and beyond to kind of help and stuff like that? So it creates a, a very high level of frustration. Plus, I've already been dealing with some, uh, in my opinion, discrimination, uh, racism, sexism, et cetera. And I had a buffer with my with my new supervisor, I had a buffer in between having to deal with those people because it's been difficult. And I'm just like, I'm very non-confrontational, but I'm very much, I'll go there with you. And I got kids, you know what I mean? I can't really be out here tripping like that, especially without nothing, you know, really lined up to take the place of this. But it's just been difficult. And so um, last week, I was like, I, I just was over it just as a just overall I was just completely over the constant change but I felt like if I don't advocate for me no one else will and I've been having this this feeling towards these people that are you know kind of in lead and I want to say kind of that are in leadership, but I never had a conversation with them, and they have these opinions of me, and they had this idea of who I am, but not one person has had a um, a conversation with me, and so it's this one lady she picks at me constantly by becoming friends with leadership and just high school stuff. And last week, because I was already spiraling on my own stuff, like, I just, I had enough. So I told the lady, like, yo, I need to talk to you. It's urgent. Like, enough is enough. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm over it, right? And so talking to this lady, I'm telling her, like, you know, I'm not here for high school behavior. I'm not here for tit for tat. I'm not here to come and tell you this person did this and this person did that. I said, but I am... I am the pettiest person if I need to be, right? And I'm saying, I'm speaking to her professionally. I'm just letting her know, like, you keep coming at me with certain things and you're not, you, you're not even asking me why I think that way, why I did this that way. And you guys keep running with this narrative that I don't do what I'm supposed to do. And I just laid it down. Like, you know, whenever y'all ask for extra work, I do it. Whenever you ask for help, I do it. I don't complain, I don't bother nobody. I pretty much stay to myself. And I don't even want to say pretty much, I don't be bothering them at all. But people continue to pick at me and I was trying to explain to her like, hey, I don't know if you know, but I used to be a float, meaning I work everything in our books, right? For my particular uh, coverage. The people that are coming to you with certain things if I wanted to, I could spend my entire day showing you how much they aren't working, but I choose not to. If it falls in my caseload, I'm gonna work it. What's the point of me doing all the research, figuring out you know, how to do it right, um, do it right, and then tell you, oh, this person did that. I'm, I'm just, I'm not built that way. I'm there to work, you're gonna get you know, the productivity that you pay me for and I'm gonna keep it pushing. But that high school mentality, like I've never been about that. 
you know what I mean? I've never been about the 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 title telling and like I'm gonna do this because you did that and it 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 created a crazy environment for me just being there. And I just had to let her know, like, I really don't like being on this team. Um, it brings down team morale and stuff like that. And she's like, well, I, I, I never knew that that's how you felt or, or what have you. And she's like, well, I was going to talk to you, but you know, um, things start kind of getting hectic, but all the changes, whatever. And I'm like, it's, it's bothersome that you have been here for so long. And this is my first conversation with you as a leader. Yet, you have said something about me that's not true. And she's like, no, I, you know, I just didn't understand this or that. I said, so why not ask me? I said, you guys give off this, this idea that I'm this angry black man, and you guys run with that narrative. And when you talk to me, you realize that I know why money is low. I know about this issue, that issue. But because y'all so disrespectful and you want to run with this narrative, I'm not offering up information to you. And so as I'm explaining to her the why of why I did this or did that, she's like, well, no one ever said nothing. I said, but I have said something, but you guys have this narrative of me, so no one is listening. And I'm not going out of my way to prove anything to anybody in any way, personal or professional. If I bring it up in a meeting, if I email you or if I say it to you or what have you, and you don't believe it, and then six months, three months, 10 months, a year, you now like, oh, he told me, he, he mentioned that. But he never said nothing again. That's because you wasn't paying attention. I'm not begging for you to, to pay attention to me. I'm going to bring it up as an issue if it affects me. And if you don't do something about it, I've already said something. And I'm just going to find my way to work around it. Or I'm going to find my way not to have to deal with it. And so that's what I had explained to her. And I feel like, it, I feel like the conversation went well. Um, I got to finally get that off of my chest I got to give her an understanding of who I am because this angry black man narrative is very frustrating in life in general especially you know at work and you got to deal with it all day every day for no reason and so I felt a sense of relief in having that conversation but I still feel a way because you know you haven't had a conversation with me and you're comfortable with just taking what people say about me and running with it after I've asked to speak with you all multiple times. And then you wonder why when we are on the meetings, I say, yeah, I don't, I'm not cool with this. I'm not cool with that. You guys don't listen. Things go up, you know, and never come down. And so I just needed to get that out because not knowing who the new supervisor is, I'm having to deal with these people so much, right? And I just was like, nah, I don't feel like I'm gonna be able to, to do that. And I was, that, it was bothering me. Like, it was like, I already don't be wanting to log in anyway. I'd be really wanting to work on my own business, but just knowing that this supervisor was no longer gonna be there um, and I had to deal with these people who have this narrative going on, it just bothered me and I felt like, you know, I'm going to say what I, what I feel like I need to say, and they're going to let me go, or they're going to finally be like, oh, he isn't what people keep saying that he is, right? And it just, it was a sense of relief, but um, also, on top of that, like, on top of that, um, I had sent a, uh, I had sent, sent a text to my brother's. And it was a gentle, it was a gentle text. And I was just like, man, you know, it was something that from we was, when we were kids. And the response that I got, it really threw me off. And it, it, it made me realize something, right? Death affects people differently. And if you haven't experienced that particular death, like, there's no understanding for it. And I say that because um, I lost Kennedy. My brother lost someone different, right? And the response was real rageful, in my opinion. And I was just, I was confused by it. And so it bothered me, but I was just like, all right, bet, I, I get it. 
right? Like everything Yemi wanted to get on the podcast last week and, you know, say the craziness. But this podcast is not ego driven. It's about helping people, you know, go through through mental health. And more importantly, it's about me being who I say that I am. And you guys know I say all the time, I'm not arguing with nobody. You're going to say something, I'm going to say something, that's just going to be what it is, and we're just, just done with that. But lately, I've been feeling like, you know, people are not understanding um, my want for peace and my willingness to stand on all 10 toes by myself before I allow someone to be disrespectful towards me um, and their responses. And so it's crazy because I was so angry and then this lady hit me up, this, this young lady hit me up because um, she had saw my dog, my emotional support dog, Cinnamon. And if y'all know me, y'all know people be in my DMs, I don't be responding because I don't know if they're there for Forex. I don't know if it's fake sugar mama. I don't know if they're there for sex. I don't be knowing, so I don't be responding to nothing. So I didn't, you know, I didn't initially respond or what have you. And so, you know, when I finally responded and her and I started to talk, the understanding of each other's upbringing, the understanding of our losses and how we communicated that, it tripped me out because I don't think I've ever had a conversation with anybody thus far in regards to losing Kennedy who fully understand or understood the emotions that I was feeling, right? And so as we're talking in in Tell, like, oh, I had to, I went through this, you know, da 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 And I'm like, yo, that's crazy because I feel like that, but I don't know how, I don't know how to explain it to people who haven't experienced it and vice versa. And so as she's telling me what she went through with her situation, I was like, oh shit, it's different. I know, I know, I know, I know the conclusion of death is the same. They're not here no more. But the feeling you get from losing parents and siblings and spouses and kids, the pain is different. And it creates a different level of rage or a different level of emotion. And in my mind, for me, I'm like, you know, death is death. And so that allowed me to say, okay, I don't need to respond crazy to, you know, I don't need to get on this podcast and respond crazy because he's in the midst of a loss, right? So it's no point of me. And as I'm talking to her, you know, by the day, and, you know, we're talking about multiple things uh, of life, you know, death, uh, upbringing, overcoming things, uh, weaknesses, strengths, et cetera. And I'm just like, yo, like, I've never communicated with someone so freely that just understood fool around which triggered me to understand like it's not even worth it for me to um attack my brother put dirt on his it's not it's, it's not even worth that because I know how I felt when my daughter died right I felt that rage in me the difference is mine transferred into I don't want nobody to feel like that nobody checks on me to this date I don't care about that because this is my shit that I'm going through. I have no expectation of no one to care about what I'm going through because everybody is going through their own thing. And until I'm talking to this lady and really like we're getting into like, well, this is how I felt about this and I held her and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, it's different. And until you are talking to someone who actually experienced the level of, of, of loss that you have, you don't realize that it that is different. And so I'm like, if you if you haven't experienced that that form of death, you won't understand. So for me, I, I'm young enough to feel the pain and frustration um, of being disrespected by someone who is who is raging. But I'm also grown enough. Um, to understand the why the rage is there and if it warrants a response and what type of response that it that um, it requires. Like, I love my brother, right? I, I love my brothers. I could care less, whatever attitude, I, could, I love my brothers. You know what I mean? But what I'm, I'm not going to tolerate 
I'm not going to tolerate a redrafted story of what reality really is. And that's what the situation was. And I was just like, no, nah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give it no, no energy. So the lesson of that is just understanding that there's different levels of, of grief. There's different level of rage that comes with it. And sometimes people, um, because of, because of the rage, they get blinded by by a lot of stuff, and they don't they don't see what the reality is. They see what their reality is, right? Like for me, my goal is to always be accountable for my part in anything. I talk about that all the time. And so, in sitting down, like, oh, okay, cool, I like bet. Reason why I'm not going to act a fool about it is because I see what what it really is. And the problem is for me, um, people will take your silence as fault, right? Because you don't speak on anything. In their heads, they get to create the story of how it went and how it is. And that's family, friends, relationships. Like if you don't defend yourself or if you don't... um, if you just don't speak up in general, that gives them the room to create whatever narrative they want. And that's why for me, I was like, all right, I need to speak on, I need to speak on or to this lady that's allowing this narrative about me and my professional life. That's what made me really have to say something, because I'm looking at how this happened with my brother, and I'm like, oh, he 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 forgot how it really was because he he's in the middle of grief. And so for me, it's a lesson on being able to speak up, even if it seems like it's, it's difficult to say, right? I've always wanted a relationship with my eldest brother. I've always talked about that, always, even on this podcast. But after the response I got, I will never, I, I will never, because I see where I see where this is and I'm willing to to live my life without that vibe. Because again, I know what I I know who I am. I know how the situation really played out and it's just really weird that that was the the response um that he was wanting to send to me and it, and it's just it is what it is. Um it started to make me really, really dig deep in and in, in think because I had already started this session of what I was going to talk about like three weeks ago. And then that happened. And I was like, yo, like I, I got to chill because I felt the old version of, of who I who I am um, starting to, to flare up. Um, and it got me to thinking about dualism. And uh, dualism is a view that the mind and the body both exist as separate entities is defined as the division of something conceptually into two opposed or contrasted aspects or state of being divided. Basically saying that um, your mind, body, and soul are three different things operating under uh, three different auspices um, and they don't connect at all. Like there's no, you know, if I'm hurt this, that, like that, like they don't mix. Um, a secondary view of that is uh, epiphenomenalism and that's the theory, or that's the theory states the physical stimuli or events cause mental phenomena, but that mental events do not cause a change in the physical state. For me, that's 100% false. When I am stressed out mentally, when I am, you know, when the depression is really high and the fog is really heavy, like it goes into my body. My body swells up like, excuse me, my body swells up, and that could be to that could be um, because of my autoimmune muscle disorder or what have you. But when I'm stressing mentally, my whole body is affected from migraines to, like I said, my body swells up, my jaw swell up, and so for me, um, they're hand in hand, right? They're 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 hand in hand. I've been in situations to where, like, I'll be stressing about something mental, like. When Kennedy passed, stressing my, like, and I, I just didn't understand what was going on physically because I hadn't uh, worked out, I hadn't done any physical activity per se, like any rough physical activity. So I was just tripped out on how, like, my heart started tripping. My breathing started tripping. Um, my muscles started flaring up, feeling with pus. Like, it, j- it was going crazy, and 
as I'm um, as I'm researching or reviewing like the diagnosis of these things, all of it is caused by stress, mental and physical. So I look at that and I'm like, dang, like how do I how do I handle that? How do I how am I able to you know how am I able to separate the two? And for me, it's just it's no way. It's no way. Like I believe in unison. Uh, wherein mental and physical is one, right? Like, if, think about this. Think about this. Fear is created from, from something you've experienced, right? So for me, a tangible experience is I'm afraid of dogs, right? I am afraid of dogs because I was physically bitten by a dog, okay? I was physically bitten by one dog and for all the way up until I got cinnamon six months ago, I have been scared of dogs. At times when cinnamon bark a certain way or look a certain way, that fear comes back, letting me know that my mental and my physical are connected. So, if you are able to separate your mental and it only affects your mental and you're still able to focus, power to you. You don't have physical ailments, more power to you. If you have physical stress on your body and it doesn't affect your mental, more power to you. It's difficult for me because it goes, it goes hand in hand. So that's why for me, I stay isolated. I'm not here, I'm not going to argue or anything because if I get riled up to a certain thing, nobody sees it. Like people be always saying, oh, you make it look easy. So let me tell you how, how it works when I'm going through the fog and, and I, I miss my daughter and I'm trying everything not to kill myself every other week and death is on my mind and stress and, you know, my kids need this, my kids need that and I don't have no help, right? This is, the, this is it, right? They, like, like, it's not easy, right? So on the days that I feel like I want to kill myself, on the days I feel like, man, like, what am I, what am I living for? Ends not me and my kids need this. I don't have no help. My, my, I don't see my daughter. My youngest daughter dead. You know, everything is going on. The government took this money. This person took that money. I don't know what to do, right? That's constantly on my mind ruining my sleep without rest my body starts to ache but i got to get up and i got to work and i got to get the kids to school right that mental stuff messes with my sleep which messes with the recuperation of my body and my body begins to break down I isolate to save my life because no one is coming to save me, right? People only see, oh, well, you should forgive that person or, you know, I don't, why you don't talk to that person? And it's just like, fam, if you knew how that person treats me when no one's around, you would understand the necessity for me to isolate because it's going to get to me mentally because there's so much rage in me that I, that I don't express because I'm trying to be a better version of myself, that that darkness translate to pain in my body. And in order for me to keep away from that, or in, or, in order for me to save myself, I have to stay away. I have to stay away. Uh, th this, this lady, I, well, I don't know if it's a, it's a lady or, or a guy, but they're on Twitter and their, their handle is, the oracle reads you. And she posed a question the other day. Are you healed or just isolated with no one to trigger you? When I tell you that opened up a crazy portal of emotions for me, because the ego portion of my mind is like, you scared of people? Like you running, you staying away because you don't want to, you don't want to get into it. You're not with the shits no more. So you running. But then the, the, the part that's trying to heal in me is like, no, don't, no. You are, you are healed. 
You still have slight triggers, but you are healed from this particular thing. You're still working on this thing, but but on that, you're completely healed from that. Like, it's certain things that just don't bother me no more. It's certain things that people say that people, it just don't bother me no more. But it's certain things that still trigger me, right? My thing is, I don't ever want to, like, if, if I'm being nice, right? And this is an ego thing. And I'm not healed from this. If I'm being nice to you and you do something to me that in my mind, I'm like, oh, you think I'm a bitch. I still got that bad. Bad. Not saying it's good. I'm working on it. But for me, I'm like, okay, I can't talk to people who I know will bring that out of me. Because I'm so respectful and I'm so humble. I've been humbled by outside experiences and I have humbled myself via accountability. And so because I know I'm not there yet with that, I don't deal with people who I think will make me feel that way. But I have to battle like, well, between are you scared of them or are you really trying to get through this issue and let it not be... Um, not be a thing because I don't it, it's super weird to me that people get offended with my responses and people get offended with me isolating so it's like I'm not here to please y'all I'm here to make sure that I stay alive because what no one really truly understands right and this is just what it is the issue that I have with my heart the issue that I have with this muscle disorder could kill me at the drop of a dime if I am overly stressed. My daughter died and I have wanted to kill myself every other week since 2019. But I have wanted to live more than I have wanted to die. And that's what's keeping me going. But if people keep stressing me out, who knows when I'm a snap, if I'm a snap. I completely stay out of way because I am healing myself. I'm on this podcast not to complain, not to have a platform to go back at people and go back and forth and you did this and da-da-da-da-da. It's to let you know that I'm going through it and a lot of people are, but be strong enough to talk about it. Stop being scared of yourself. Don't feel bad because you, you contemplate suicide because it's hard, it's difficult, you experience a loss. Be proud of yourself because you want to live more. Be proud of yourself because you want to fight through everything that's going on, no matter you know whether it's outside stuff, work stuff, your kids. You are strong enough and you are fighting hard enough to be like, I want to be here. Be proud of that part. Don't rush out of isolation because people, oh, you should forgive this or you should forgive that, or it's not that serious. It's that serious to me. And until people start understanding the severity of their behaviors toward you, you have to defend yourself at all costs. I'm very extreme with isolation. When I say I'm never talking to you again, I mean I'm never talking to you again. You, have, you don't have to worry about that. Because now I feel like if I reach out and, and try to mend, now I feel like I, I'm, I'm negating the pain that you caused, the disrespect that you gave. Because it ain't about me being tough. I'm, I, I'm telling you, it's not about me being tough and, oh, you're not going to disrespect me. It's not even about that for me. For me, it's like, dang, you feel like, like you don't respect me enough to even, to even have a type of conversation. But it really started to make me think that, that question. It really made me start to think of, am I really healing or am I running from issues? And for me, I'm genuinely healing. I'm genuinely trying to be a better person by the day. I'm genuinely trying to get on this podcast, trying to run my business and be in the mental health space because I know how hard it is for people to deal with grief. I know the rage it causes. I know the, the isolation. I know the feeling of, of, of feeling like nothing. I know that feeling. And so when people say it looks easy, I'm like, man, I wish you, I, like, if, if, if only you saw the nights that I cried for hours and hours and hours. 
if only you knew the times that I'm in here and my, my hip is swole up and my face is swole up and my arms are swole up because I'm stressing because I just don't understand why this, why that. If only you could see that part. See, you get to see the, you get to see the delivery. You don't get to see the labor. I was stuck in this Stockholm syndrome for so long where people would do things to me, right? And I didn't understand what it was. And what it was, it was abuse disguised as love, care, and discipline. And when you start to figure out what that is and you start to stand up for yourself, whether it's you responding to people, you physically responding, or you just leaving it alone and just removing yourself, chaos is created. If you notice, as people get older, they tell you, oh, I wasn't that bad. You, you didn't go through it like that. Oh, I wasn't like that. The further they get to the end of their life, the more they choose to forget the harm that they have caused. And the moment you start to realize it and you start to challenge it and you start to say, hey, I, this is not how it's supposed to be. That's when everybody say you're tripping because they're still stuck on that generational cycle of it got to be like this. This is how I was raised. This is how you going to be raised. These are the morals that was taught to me. This is the level of respect you don't have. I could do this. I can say this because of the hierarchy of my title. I could care less about a title. I, I care about living. I'm an adult. I don't, I don't care about hierarchy. I have a high level of respect for people who respect me period, hard stop. And so for years, I used to just be like, something will happen crazy. And my mind will say, they didn't mean to do it. They didn't mean to say that. They just, they don't understand. Without an apology received, without care given, I just start talking to people again. I just I'll get myself right back in the routine of how it was. And then it happens again. And then it happens again. And every time I feel like, oh my God, like I got to get away from this, the guilt sets in. And I started to realize as much as they are addicted to verbal and physical and mental abuse, I'm addicted to being abused. And it's up to me to stop that cycle and not be scared of what comes with me saying, no, you see it as this because this is how you want to see it. You can't tell me how it feels to me. And it's just this battle of emotional and physical that I go through and mental that I go through of, am I bugging? Should I not be so hard on people? Should I not protect myself as much? And then reality sets in like, fam, what are you not understanding? Did you not hear that cardiologist? It could be over for you, bro. So why are you putting yourself in alliance then unnecessarily? Why are you running back to these people who don't respect you? Why are you, you giving passes like, oh, well, uh, you didn't put your hands on me, so it's fine. Oh, well, you know, they don't cuss at me like that or they don't talk down on me like that all the time. It's just, some, why am I acting like any of that is okay? Why am I so, oh my God, they, they, need, they need to need me. As much as they're addicted to abusing, we be addicted to being abused. And until you figure that part out, it's going to continue to be that cycle of you running back and you dealing with it and you not understanding. They're not going to teach you. They want you in that place, even when they're not aware of it. That's what be tripping me out. Because, again, a lot of people don't understand that mental health is running rampant or mental health issues and mental health disease is so undiagnosed in a lot of people because we grew up in a time to where if you were not schizophrenic, having multiple personalities, you was just sad. And now we have grandparents, parents, siblings walking around with mental health issues undiagnosed because that's how we was raised. And Oh, suck it up. Oh, it, it ain't this. It, ain't, it is something. 
And it takes someone to want to heal, to, to, to show like, yo, like that's not right. Like what? I'm willing to risk not being a part of my entire family if it means that I'm going to save my life and not be disrespected. And again, I'm not even talking about disrespected from a, you know, let's fight disrespect. I mean, just in general, my boundaries, my health, my mental health, like, cool. I'm willing to, I'm willing to just be by myself. If I tell you it's difficult for me to communicate because I'm, I'm mentally struggling with something, understand that. If that's a problem for you, say that, and then I'll understand never to talk to you again when I'm able to have a uh, when I'm able to communicate. If I say it's difficult for me to be around people, don't take it personal. Understand that I'm trying. I don't want to come to your event. I don't want to be around you because I don't want to be a Debbie Downer in the event that something triggers me and now I'm emotional because of something that happened that you have no clue. I don't want to be around you in your presence and the, I change your mood because I can't function right in a, in a setting to party. Don't hold that against me. But because people do, I stay to myself. I stay at the crib. I don't bother nobody. I don't go out. It is what it is. I'm not begging nobody for any understanding. But I just want to make sure that people are very clear when it comes to me. Don't expect nothing from, from me. I don't know my left from my right most days. I don't know up from down. It's so much on my plate that I have to do alone and have to figure out my long, uh, figure out by myself and people just don't, they don't understand that I don't I just don't understand you know how there is a, a lack of comprehension with people that struggle with mental health disorders I'm not faking trust me if I could if I could say hey don't be sad I won't be sad if I could say fall clear and it clear I would say that I don't want to feel like this I don't want to feel like I have to protect myself by myself from every single thing because people don't want to take the time to truly understand what's really going on in people's minds. It's not just a simple, oh, you just sad. Oh, just get over it. It don't work like that when there's a chemical imbalance. I see people so, so often, oh, you holding on to negative. Do you fucking think I want to hold on to this? I pray I'd never forget my daughter, even 80, 90 years old. But I do want to lose the pain of it. This shit hurt. Like, y'all don't understand. My child was dead in my arms. In my arms. The only picture I have of my child, she is dead. And I'm supposed to be okay and, and be over that, right? I'm supposed to get over seeing her lips turn dark blue and get crusty and dry. And, and as she's deceased, the blood starts to drip from her nose. And I can't do nothing because she's gone. But I'm tripping because I want to isolate. I'm tripping because I shouldn't have, if you love me, I shouldn't have to force you to understand what I'm going through mentally. And because I don't want to explain that over and over and over, I'm wrong. I'm inconsiderate. No, I'm just trying to save myself. I got five kids that still need me in whatever capacity. But I be losing myself a lot and people don't understand that. It's a daily fight for me. And I'm not saying it's not a daily fight for other people, but you have to really be able to, to put your life in perspective for yourself. 
When it comes to healing, you got to draw a hard line in the sand that says, what do you want for yourself? Do you want to continue healing? Or do you want friends? Do you want to continue healing? Do you want to deal with family that don't understand? Like, what is it that you want? For me, I want to continue healing. And anything that becomes an obstacle to my healing, I have to get away from. My brother told me a long time ago, hey, you an adult. It should not be hard for you to deal with people. No one can whoop you. No one can do nothing to you. If you are not comfortable and you feel like you're going through it so much, you're an adult. It took me so long to really understand that and really put that into full effect because I'm like, man, but it's this person. It's that person. Nah, I can't do that. But then you start realizing, why am I the only one caring about this? Why am I the only one feeling like this? Why, you know, my, 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 my body is feeling this, this emptiness of, man, I used to be doing this. I used to be doing that. But my mind is like, bro, don't do it. I'm, I don't do it. And you have this fight between yourself, that guilt of not being around, that guilt of not speaking to people, and you put your shit in the back of your mind because that's what you're trained to do because everybody in the world is going through something. So you have to give, give, give. I've said this like, like the first season, like the first half of the pot. I always talked about I feel like do for others or, or treat people how you want to be treated is one of the dumbest things ever. Because they're never going to be able to give you what you truly need. You are the only person that is going to be able to fulfill yourself mentally, emotionally, and physically. You have to fight for yourself to put yourself in a position that you can gain, but no one could, could ever take. So if you gain this love, if you gain this respect, if you gain this love, that's bonus, when they decide to walk away, when they decide to disrespect you, when they decide to be mean to you, it has no effect on you other than like, damn, that's crazy. I didn't know it was like that. Because you are fulfilled within yourself. Same thing with relationships. You got to love yourself so much that when someone come in, you already know what type of time you want. You're going to love them, appreciate them, respect them, all of that. But if that shit over, you are chilling. I love myself too much to let you take anything from me emotionally or mentally. And I am willing to sit by myself until someone understands that. If I have to be in competition for you to understand that I'm going through what I'm going through, what are we talking for? If we can't have a healthy back and forth and we have good communication in a sense of, hey, I may not be able to fix that for you, but what about this? And vice versa, as opposed to you need to do it like this because this is what this is what happened with me and I'm doing it like this. And because I was raised like, no. You gotta draw a line in the sand. You have you you have to. You got to. I see and I hear a lot of times um, we place our mental and emotional needs on someone else and we expect them to fill the voids that we need to ourselves. And that's what that's what I meant when I just said that like like No one should have to fill the void of me losing my kid. But no one should be mad at the time it takes me to fill the void of losing my kid. 
No one should have to to have the fear that I have about certain health things that happen to me, right? But no one should be mad because I'm taking precautions to help myself with those things. And I feel like we get a part of people's lives and we feel like we're owed attention and we're owed this and owed that because of time and stuff like that without true understanding, especially when it comes to stuff like that's detrimental. Because when you really close to someone, right, and I mean like really, really close to someone, and whatever you going through is super drastic, they'll get scared. And that fear will, that fear of them losing you, like you've lost someone, that fear of this or fear of that will make them start acting completely different. And if you don't understand that, ego won't set in and you're going to be like, well, F this, F that, I don't care. Like, no, I move with a heavy level of understanding so that I'm not responding and saying things that I don't mean. I tell you guys all the time, my responses are predicated on if I care if I ever talk to you again. In making that decision, I'm thinking about everything that happened, what I said, what you said, what you did, what I did. Is it healthy for us to be in communication with each other physically, verbally, the phone, social media? If it's not, I'm let the response fly. So that we can be very clear where I stand on the issue and we'll never have to worry about it again. I'm going to always take it to the most extreme when I take those things into account so that it's very clear. I can't worry about someone filling the void of anything that I have going on. I can't worry about anyone coming in to, to save me or even look to save me, right? It's not, it's not no one's responsibility to do so. But again, I shouldn't have to defend from friends or family relationships, even the kids. I shouldn't have to defend myself when I say, hey, man, listen, I'm going through it right now. I need y'all to chill a little bit. Um, I need y'all to cook for yourself a couple nights, yada, yada, whatever. If your support group or support system is judgmental and condescending and not caring per se to what you have going on, you need another support system. When you are unsure, when you, uh, how can I say this? When you are when you are unsure and afraid to heal like you want to heal and you heal like you've been quote-unquote taught to heal, you turn your support system into punching bags. You fought them. You blame them. You have an arrogance and an aggression towards them that don't belong to them. If you don't know how to control that emotion or if you haven't dealt with that emotion, you're going to continue to punch on them. As I go through things, I'm very aware of the rage, the hurt, the pain that comes with those things. Anybody who has been close to me within the last 10 years understands that I don't argue with people. I have to regulate the pain before I respond to you because if I'm in the fog or if I'm having um, if I'm having a bad day where the depression is so heavy, right? I don't know if I'm responding to you with what is going on in front of me or if everything that I got in my emotional backpack, I'm just pulling it out. Bang, bang, bang. I don't know. It takes a long time to be able to do that. It takes a long time to be able to say, hey, all right, cool, you got it. I might have a million things to say, but I don't know if I'm about to respond to you to what you just said to me, or if now I'm like, all right, bet, 
I'm about to release everything. I'm about to release everything because you don't see what I'm going through. You, you talking to me like this, but this don't have nothing to do with that. When I'm in the fog, my mind don't know that. When I'm, when I'm missing my daughter and people talking crazy to me and all I can think about is death, like my response gonna be crazy. I tell the kids all the time, bro, chill, give me a second. We'll be into it. And I'll feel myself about to, about to like say something crazy to them because they teenagers and they at that like trying to test me stage. I'll be like, yo, give me a second. Like, I got to, just give me a second, because I feel myself about to respond to you like, you don't know what I've been through, blah, blah, blah. I feel feel it. I feel it. And I refuse to make people punching bags around me that I say that I love and I say that I care about. But I'm tired of asking for space and understanding when I'm trying to regulate those emotions, when I'm trying not to, to... Uh, not appear to be crazy, but I'm trying not to snap with these responses that don't belong to you and ruin my relationship with you. I'm trying. There's lack of understanding when it comes to that. There's like, like I work so hard in just understanding my part of things. Like, I legit take my time. I'll be in my phone noting, like, anytime I'm, like, really into it with somebody, relationship, the kids, friends, uh, mentors, mentees, like, if it, if it get hot, I'll be, like, I'll be in my phone noting, okay, well, what you said right there, you could have worded differently. Nah, you, you wasn't even listening right there. Um, you just was ready to respond. You was already mad. Boom, boom, boom. Like, I, like I'll put a note on my phone because I got to check me before anybody else check me. I, got, I have to do that. It's important to me to check myself before I go outside. It's important for me to check myself before I present myself to a woman, to my kids, to work. It's important for me to check myself on the daily. Because I'm trying to heal and I'm not trying to cause no hurt to nobody else to where they're sitting in the same position of trying to heal because of something I did to them. Because I tore them down. Because I disrespected them. Because I don't see them for who they are and what they're going through. Understanding is key. And we have to start understanding that. Overall, a lot of stuff could be bypassed. A lot of things can be saved. A lot of uh, uh, relationships could be salvaged if there were some type of understanding. Right? I'm proud of who I've become because when Kennedy died, there was not an ounce of, oh, I gotta make you right with this person. I gotta make you right with that person. Because I'm respectful to everyone. I don't, I don't play about my people, right? I'm very cognizant of how I speak to people, how I speak about people. And I just don't, I, it, I didn't feel that. I didn't have the need to, oh, y'all, I got, I got to make it right. Oh, man, I, I remember I said this or did this and, and blah, 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 because I respect everybody. I respect everybody. And on my side, you know, I, I choose silence. And like I, I, I talked about it before, about uh, silence being a valuable tool to healing, but it's also your enemy because people are able to create this nonsense in their mind when they don't have the accountability that you have put yourself through. And you have to uh, be cognizant of that so that you don't respond to it. It's a double-edged blade. Like, and it's, it's so difficult um, because I choose not to argue. It's like I'm accepting fault because I'm, what do I need to defend myself for, right? What do I need to tell you 
a person who I'm in the situation with, why I need to tell you what I did or didn't do when we, we was there together? I don't need to do that. It's just now, like before, I felt the way, oh, man, they said this, they said that, da, 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 da. Still not really, you know, like, making it a thing. Oh, you said this about me? Now I'm like, I was there. I was there. I can tell how you're speaking to me that you don't want to be honest with yourself. And because I understand that, I'm not going to respond because we both was there and we know what happened. We have to really start seeing how physical issues turn to mental issues, mental issues turn to physical uh, issues, and it's just a cycle, and we continue to hurt ourselves, we continue to hurt others, and that's just not how it should be. And so, you know, I'm not better than nobody. I don't appear to or act like I'm better than nobody. My goal in life is to help people heal and not add to their hurt, and that's just what it is. Like, that's for me. And in order to, you know, in order to be able to, for me, and in my opinion, in, in my research, I didn't start healing until I started learning how to become one with myself and believing in myself and understanding I'm not perfect and working on that constantly. Until then, I, everything was just chaotic for me. Right. And I was always giving outside in or yeah, outside in instead of the other way around. And I had nothing left for myself. And it's just like, for what? Um, Dora Posner. Uh, she's I think she's a CEO and creator of Mud Coaching. Uh, she gave six ways to become one with yourself. And I'm going to give them to y'all because I, you know, I'll be doing it even before I got into this um, article and start following this lady or this, this, uh, this coach. One is uh, being, uh, excuse me, begin each day by checking in with yourself. What that means for me is doing a physical check of you good, stretch a little bit, move around you know, give me some meditation in and clear my mind a little bit, how, you know, have my coffee kind of deal with whatever I feel like happened the, the day before that I feel like I want to change, right? Secondly, paying attention to your own feelings and triggers. We are conditioned to care about what's going on with everybody else except for ourselves. The, 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 lady, the young lady that I was talking about, she had DM'd me, and I'm mad. Oh, wait, dang it, I dropped my phone so I can't get it. Um, but it was something to the effect of name like five things you love right now or five things you love that you can't live. Oh, that's what it was. It was like three or five things you love that you can't live without. And it tripped me out because I wasn't on the list of about 10 things. I listed 10 things before I listed myself. And that really triggered me like, yo, you gotta, you, you gotta love yourself a little bit more, right? You gotta, you, you gotta think you're just as important as the things that you outwardly love. And so the number two thing, like I said, paying attention to your feelings, especially your triggers, that's something big that I, I do work on daily. And um, as you guys know, I isolate from, from those things just to make sure that um, they're not repetitive things, right? So I deal with them. That, like That's part of the reason why I isolate, because I want to deal with the, the triggers that I already have and make sure that I'm, the new ones are not similar um, to what I'm trying to fully break down. If I keep on putting myself in those positions is going to be, it's going to be harsh on me. Um, it's going to take me a little bit longer to heal from that particular thing. Number three, follow your energy. Follow your energy. 
if you somewhere and it's not your vibe, be cool with that. If you're not feeling this person or that person, be cool with that. Even down to, to what you, like, I do it even down to food. I'll cook a full three, four course meal. And the vibe will change upon completion and I'll just go get in the bed. I used to be so afraid of being like, well, I'm not feeling that. I don't want to do that. I, I don't know why. Like, I guess you feel like you lose people if you don't want to do certain things like when they want to do them and how they want to do them. And now I'm just like, nah, I'm cool. Learn the language of your body. This one was so freaking important to me because in my mind, I am still um, 16, 17-year-old peanut at John Muir, running track, football, moving around, picking up stuff. Like, I'm still that guy for whatever reason in my head. My body, on the other hand, like right now, my, my, uh, my abs got a tear in it. Why? Because I think I'm grown and I'll be lifting stuff up. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm, my, my hip is swollen right now because of the autoimmune thing, but because I'm still moving and moving and moving because in my mind I'm still young, right? I had to learn my body language like, no, nah, I got I to gotta sit down, big dog. This ain't it. I got to be very limited to how I move, what I lift, stuff like that, right? I got to be prepared. Like, I got to, like, again, go back to what, episode four or five when we talk about conditioning. I'm not conditioned for that no more. And I, my mind got to understand that. Or, or my body has to be like, all right, like, turn it up then. Either way, it's the discrepancy between the two, and we got to figure that part. So learning your, uh, the language of your body and, and how you physically feel and how that translates into your mental is very important. This is one of my favorite ones and one of my easiest ones um, that she said of the six, which is sit and just be. I am very big on... Um, opening up one of them Candy Crush type games, cutting the TV on and just it playing in the background and just sit there and not do nothing, not talk to the kids, not be on the text, not care about work, not think about the business, not think I'm very good with that one. The reason why I think that one works for me or the reason why I think it will work for any of us is because when you sit and just be, you get a chance to think about so much stuff. And for me, that's my, uh, uh, I call it my minority report moment. You guys remember, you know, a minority report, how it had that um that window, that clear window in front, and he was just moving the screens and up and down and da-da-da-da, he had those little two-finger gloves. When I'm just sitting, that's how it is for me. I can move that thought over there because uh, I need to deal with it, but the priority of dealing with that one is not that important. I can pull this thought back and be like, dang, I remember this. All right, how do I want to approach this? How do I want to handle in those moments of silence that I get to myself and just, I don't have, like, it's just one of those days or times to where it's like, I don't have no responsibility right now. I'm forcing myself not to have anything. I'm just going to sit here and not care about not one thing. And it helps. And the last thing she said is write down your dreams. And I'll add to that. Write down your dreams and write down plans that'll help you get to that dream. I encourage you not to be a person of hypothetical, a person of just hope, a person of just, oh, I wish I could, or I encourage you not to be that person. Write down your dreams and make sure they're meaningful dreams so that 
you can put yourself in a position to continue to build towards that and make sure you understand it's your time frame and not anybody else's. Make sure that you are comfortable with what you're setting for yourself and that you believe in it and you don't need to depend on anybody else to do that. And with those things, you'll be able to start becoming one with yourself. There's way more things that you can do, but these are the six things that I've been doing. Um, and I appreciate this list of things. So that's why I wanted to share it with you guys. And I hope that this session helped. I hope that those six things, if you take them seriously, I hope that they help. And I want you guys to remember that we got to go through something to get somewhere. And I'm glad you're able to do it with me. Yo, thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Head over to www.peacefullyflawed.com for all your Peacefully Flawed apparel and Poetic Properties merch. If you want to support the podcast, download Good Pods. It's a podcast app great for hosts and listeners. You can interact in real time uh, with your favorite host. You can rate the episodes right there, and there's also a tip jar over there if you want to donate. If you want to donate to the business overall, head over to my Twitter, The Complex. It has a tip jar over there. All proceeds will go to bettering the business, production, etc. Um, if you are someone who just like, comment, and share, I appreciate you all the same. Because of you guys, we are in 27 different countries, and we are thriving. I'm glad that you guys uh, tune in weekly to get these sessions. I do hope that they're helping. And I want you guys to remember that no matter the darkness, as long as we are breathing, we have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Peace.